We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Jack Family's live show. Quick little bit of housekeeping. First of all, if you haven't already, please subscribe here on YouTube. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Get us wherever you find your podcasts. I'm your host, Danny Morang, joined by Brandon Sprague, the one and the only Eric Garcia Gunderson, ladies and gentlemen of the Associated Press. Associated Press. Give it up for the Associated Press. That's just... Shout out, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> Shout out to the Associated Press. Shout out to the Blazer Banter newsletter as well, blazerbanter.substack. Mm-hmm. And, and the Bulls versus Blazers podcast. Yes. And we will we will definitely get our third eyes out. We will get our tinfoil <laughs> hats on. Right here. Uh, oh yes, that's right. You guys are the kings of the tinfoil hats. Yes. We, we, we do we do have yes. them uh, on standby. We'll, we'll, we'll get you one. We'll, we'll have to get some like actual like no BS tinfoil hats made. I, 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 I'm almost certain you can find somebody uh, to make those professionally. Uh, quick rundown for everybody getting in here. Uh, what we will do here is kind of work backwards over the last week for the Portland Trailblazers, where it has been a dumpster fire of epic proportions. Um, I don't think I'm mischaracterizing that in any way. Anybody disagree? I think it could also be like a cleansing dumpster fire. Sure. There's a dumpster where there's a fire burning, and there's still trash oh. in there that's burning down, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely not good, but I think, or it's not an overall good, I would say. But at the same time, messy. It's hard. It's it's messy, but it's hard to argue that the end result of anything is bad. Correct, and that's what I think. Uh, well, no, okay, no, 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 go. go. What, what, it, what's what's bad think, in this? Well, I mean, they they suck. Is what's bad. I mean, well, they sucked it's, before. Okay. It's like uh, I think Eric's right. Like it's a cleansing. <laughs> dumpster fire but it's like you just put it in the trash that's already full and it's kind of hanging over the dumpster and now you're waiting for it to be dumped before the dumpster is empty like i think we're at the waiting for the dump truck stage of the dumpster fire okay we're waiting for it to get picked up yes which is great because trash days tomorrow i I hope so i hope so so let's kind of work our way backwards through the calendar start with today's um news did you guys, did either of you know that this was coming other than like, hey, this is coming uh, this morning? 
Uh, I mean, I heard about it that like there was like gonna be a thing, but I wasn't. I didn't know like what it was. What it was, and I also, and obviously, I had no expectations for what it ended up being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know it was gonna be. First of all, I didn't know it was happening, and then when I found out it was happening, I was like, oh, okay, it's a little odd, but also the owner's a mute, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I, that that's. Not hearing from Jody or Bert is like the, the the cloud over. I think everything. That, that's a hurt. that's a pretty egregious thing, in my opinion. You guys but, can disagree. Go, no, no, shove the new guys out there. No, no, yeah. you guys go take the flack for all of this. Um, we'll we'll be back here in the background. I that, that was probably something I was a little like. Oh, this is your opportunity. I mean, you don't even really have to talk for longer than three minutes. You could literally step to the podium and say, "We've gone through some changes. This is an ongoing process." We're looking forward to the future. We feel optimistic. Dame has committed himself. Here's yada, yada, yada. Here is Joe. Here is Dwayne. Here is <laughs> yeah. Chauncey. There you go. Like, you don't even have to answer. I'd like you to answer a question, but you don't really have to do it. You just have to talk for maybe three minutes. Maybe. Very strong uh, big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. Like, just exactly give, like a silent, I guess, level of, of uh, a hat tip. I don't uh, even know what her voice sounds like. Do you? No idea. I've only read about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've, I've That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, uh, and the context is... <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's well, not great. Yes. Like, no, it's, it's, not it's, great. It's, it's, it's leaning more towards Bond movie villain than <laughs> megalomaniac owner. Like, it's just... Ah. So, yeah, not good. Um, Eric, as, as the guest, of the, the illustrious guest of the Associated Press here on Jack Ramsey's, what was your overall takeaway? And then kind of walk me through the, your highlights of the press conference today or press meetup. So I was, uh, yeah, I took it in. I, I was actually, so my internet was out the whole day. So I was watching it on my phone. I was luckily was able to watch it. And I mean, I think a lot of the things that Joe Cronin was talking about today were, you know, he killed it. I mean, JC, JC killed it. I mean, and, and he, he delivered a very, I think, knowledgeable and confident, you know, plan of action. And also like what he, like a reflection of what he has been doing. And I think he did a great job. I mean, I, I thought that he did a really good job of being like, yeah, we have a ceiling that was one of the things that he said that I was like, mm, okay, we like to hear that. And also <laughs> that's a first. Gonna, and the first thing that I, and the second thing that I really heard early on in his first statement was we're going to, we're going to take on risk. We're that gonna, was nice. Yes. We're going to yeah. take on risk. And I was like, ah, thank God. Like, <laughs> like, like, it's just like so much of this like stuff about, you know, that Neil's been like, well, it's about sustainability and, and shit. And, you know, it's about sustaining my job, my ass in this chair. That's what yeah, we're sustaining right exa- now. Exactly. And, and it was just like about sustainable success. And it's like, well, at a certain point, you got to fucking try something else when, you know, the, the roster, you went to the Western Conference Finals and you've gotten worse yeah. every year after that. Yeah. So with that, that one thing you should hit on, uh, I tweeted it out earlier. Shout out Chris Herring uh, did a piece for... I. I want to say it was SI earlier, uh, last night or this morning, where 
he looked at over the last 30 years. When Brandon and I talked about it a couple nights ago, we were talking about the last 20 years and talking about taking on risk. And I said, when was the last time we saw a duo together for a longer period of time than Damon CJ with less success or equal success? And we could not come up with a name. Like there was, there was nobody out there who went that long. The, the risk averse nature of it all. And Chris highlighted one in the last 30 years. There's another one in, uh, was it Sean Bradley and Michael Findlay in Dallas? Which eh, that's a little, I think that's yeah. maybe reaching a little yeah. bit uh, yeah. as far as duos are concerned. But again, I think it goes to illustrate the point that it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. But Conley and Gasol, that was it. And what ended up happening there, both guys, mm-hmm. they, they tore it all down. And I'd argue pretty easily that Memphis is in a lot better position right now than Portland. Well, I think that was an interesting one. I saw you, you tagged me on Twitter, and I, I thought about that one. And it's it's really hard to argue because they they both reached the same stage mm-hmm. in terms of how deep they went as a collective. My only pushback, and this is the slightest of pushbacks, they actually gave that Golden State team, like, a struggle. They went up 2-1 in that series. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Portland got there, Housed. but – yeah, I mean, they blew double Not even, leads. yeah, didn't win one game in the Didn't win finals. one game. Like, that, to me, that matters. So, mm. yeah, they ultimately got to the same place. I think they accomplished a little more. They were better defensively, obviously. We know that. But um, that was a pretty good one to point out. And, by the way, I, I guess I missed that part of uh, Neil where he talked about uh, the sustainability and shit. I, I, I missed that oh, part. Yeah. I mean, I just added the end shit part, but it was like, I love, was, I love it. I, I love was the- doing, I was doing a, I was doing a, like a jerk off motion off the camera. Like I was just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that, that was the way he would refer to sustainability. And, it, and it's, it was so great to hear JC who, you know, same initials as Jesus Christ. I'm just going to put it out there. The bald savior. You know, I'm just going to put it out there. Um, no pressure. Uh, but I, I, I do, I, I do think that he has, I mean, he's been in the organization for 14 years and I he think better he trade it, CJ in three days. That's all I'm saying. I'm sure he will probably, I mean, <laughs> I think around the 15th, they'll probably, it'll probably yeah. be closer, but like the stuff he was saying though, about like, we, you know, we, we I talked to Damien, I believe in him. We've talked to Chauncey and it's like, we are going to make moves. We're going to call. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's, I'm going to make moves and then, you know, Jody, it's it's on Jody and Bert to approve. Yeah. They say, what they say, Eric, they got they get 99% and the 1% is up to Jody and Bert, and then they'll cross the goal line, basically. I Have you found it interesting? Because this is what's really stuck out to me since the whole Neil was fired thing. Neil, for many years, like, they had players that Dame liked. They had players that were, you know, kind of wasting away in other cities that they probably could have attained via trade. Now, for a lot of people, that might have been a little too early to give up on the Dame CJ thing, but they've had opportunities throughout the year. A lot of those guys have been well-documented. What I find funny at the end of this, Neil, stuff, that dude spent a decade preaching and yelling about culture. Guys, we are we got a culture. We care about our culture. Meanwhile, the, the actual fucking culture inside was rotting because of that dude. Yeah. Like, I find it so fascinating that that dude was preaching – about culture, 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 and what did we hear today from JC? Well, we gotta we gotta get our culture together. We, you know what I mean? Like it's so funny that it's ended this way. That that dude was screaming about it. Meanwhile, in inside, the culture was going to shit, and now we got somebody who at least publicly stepped up 
and addressed it and said, we have to be better than this. The I mean, I think sorry, sorry, no, no, sorry. No, no, go, go, no, go, go, no, go, 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 when he when Neil said culture, all he really ever meant was Dame. And, and to an extent, Dame, CJ, just to kind of stick to an extent, to an extent, CJ, and that these guys are doing all of the cult. They did all of the culture work. Yeah, like that. You, you know, he would always take and credit. Terry trying to put out fires where needed. Yeah, and, and Terry cultivated a chill vibe that yeah. like that yeah. helped. You know, mm-hmm. helped kind of shield the team from Neil's. Aura. I mean, when when did any of the stuff that we have ever heard behind the scenes with the Terry teams ever go public? Never. Never. And never. I was going to say, like, it's almost as if the previous coach was well aware of the limitations of the roster. And his thought was, <laughs> I could hold guys accountable or I could just keep them happy and play good offense and we can maybe do something. <laughs> we can maybe a little vibes check and see yes. what happens. Like, yes. And that's where, again, I don't want to get into the coach personnel thing, but it's like, you look at this and you're like, it, it, Terry Terry started off this summer looking pretty bad, and then Neil just kept digging holes for and just he was digging down and, and building Terry up at the same time. Mm. Um, the overall overarching theme of this press conference was, I don't suck, and I mean that from like, hey. I'm Chauncey. They should have put a mic in front of me this summer and let me talk. Hi, I'm Joe. They should have put a mic in front of me and let me talk. Hi, I'm Dwayne. I'm not Chris McGowan, but they should have let me talk over Neil because everything that Neil says sucked all summer. Yeah. Open his mouth, insert foot, just an epic shit show. Every single time. You watch these three guys today, and they weren't up there as PR masterpieces. They just did the necessary stuff. It wasn't like I, I forget who asked it. Asked it. I think it was Fentress who asked about um, agreements or disagreements between uh, where Cronin is or was and Neil. And that was the only time in the entire thing where Joe was not fully entirely prepared to answer the question. And he kind of danced around a little bit, but he could have thrown Neil under the bus. And instead of doing that, he's like, "Nah." You know what? Sometimes you have disagreements, but when you go into the draft room, when you go into the meeting room, everybody's on the same page and you just do what you got to do. And he took that opportunity instead of just crapping on somebody else to collectively be an owner in that situation and go, "Eh, it is what it is. And we're going to move forward. Well, and I I thought that was that was one of my takeaways, too, was the other guy would have totally thrown somebody (laughs) under the the fan blades, man, as soon as possible. (laughs) And here is my other thought. Uh, well, I'll, I'll share my feelings overall because I, I found social media very interesting today, and I know we're going to talk about the Cronin stuff. I almost think I need to designate Eric because Eric strikes me as perfect dude in a movie to wear the fake costume, to sneak into the facility, and find the 2017 draft notes on Bam versus Zach. And I want to know <laughs> what he wrote. I bet you Joe's got him. Oh, he for sure has them. I need to read those. I need yeah. to read those. That's our Sam Hinkie letter. That 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 that, that, that that's like the the process resignation letter. Like that's our. Yes. We need to find our holy that, grail. Those, yeah, that's our holy grail of Blazers oh. intel. Is we need to find that document where it says Zach Collins better than Bam Adebayo. Better than better than John Collins. Better than Donovan Mitchell. Better oh. than OG Ananobi. What's funny is the 2012 draft, we actually have that. You remember that debacle? They had the whole draft war room, and they had CJ number one. And right behind him 
which is how you knew immediately that Cody Zeller was going to be a Portland Trailblazer this summer, was Cody Zeller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if you look at the questions that were asked and what was answered today, and I just – the big takeaway for me from Joe was we kind of addressed it with the risk-taking, but it was a – there was no denial. There was no combativeness. There was no arguments. There was – I understand. He even alluded to, like, some frustrations with the fan base. I, I, we hear you. And he kept saying the, the thing that when he, when he first came out was, I needed to listen. And I thought, well, yeah, duh. But if he's actually empathetic and willing to listen, and that from everybody I've heard, I, I, Eric, I, I would imagine yours is the same, you don't last 14 years in an organization through multiple GMs that have been tumultuous times and varied personalities, if you aren't a pretty sharp guy who gets it and listens a lot. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, he, I think he made the point himself. Like I've been here for 14 years and he said it very plainly. Like I'm good at what I do. Like that was one of the things he said on top of like, you know, being able, his demeanor, getting him through all that time. Also just his like, actual doing of the job of understanding the salary cap of being an assistant GM is very, very good. And I also thought one thing that to me illustrated a big difference as well to the point that you're making about he wasn't being combative is when he was asked by Sean about the, by Sean Hacken about the extension, yeah. he, instead of being like, like being blustery, he was like, well, I can't actually talk about it because he can't sign it and I can't talk about future deals. And that's against the collective bargaining agreement, which it's like Magic Johnson could never. Uh, <laughs> eh, 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 but 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 like, seriously, man, like he, he did it so well and he like handled it with such tact, didn't get a tampering fine. Did, and didn't show did, his hand. Didn't show his hand and, and was like, yeah, we'll negotiate when, when the time comes. But we, you know, I'm talking to Damien all the time. Yeah, I and think... Just, well, I, I think Eric, I, I think you're you're making really good points too of of just a collective, I don't know, breath of fresh air and calmness. Like sometimes I think a lot of people, college and pro, like they forget that their job is in sports. And we love sports. And I'm not saying there's never gonna be a contentious moment or you're never gonna be pissed about something, but it just it felt like today they they put out three people one of which has been going through the shitstorm all year in Chauncey, they put out three people who it felt like a weight had been lifted and they knew mm-hmm. that they, they knew how to attack this thing today, which is really important because, well, they haven't been doing that very well in these press conferences. My only pushback, and th- this is really nitpicky and, and maybe you guys will even agree. I, I, I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised the amount of benefit of the doubt this team earned with people from a 25 minute press conference today. Now I'm not saying Joe is not talented. He clearly knows what he's doing. He's been there a long time. I loved what I heard. I did, but I'm also not sitting here acting like that dude is clearly the front runner for the general manager job. I'm not going to act like this thing is going to be traded and they're going to make the right moves necessary. In fact, I would actually argue the other way today was great, but this team has not earned any cachet or benefit of the doubt after what they have done the last four years. I really believe that. And it's great, but we need a little prove it here. We really need to see what this is going to be and where they are going with this because winning a press conference is fun, 
But man, when you win it in the middle of a shitty season with a tough, tough future, maybe potentially ahead of you, that doesn't do a whole lot for me outside of, hey, somebody wasn't a dick to all these reporters today. And that's nice. I mean, for 10 years, it ha- they haven't won a press conference as, as, as the basketball operations <laughs> group, which is like, listen, yes, it's, it's not, it's, it, it like it, that's, I think what makes people feel so good. It's mm-hmm. like the distance it felt, but like, to your point, exactly. You, you're right. Like they gotta, the proof is going to be the pudding. And it's like the comparison that I've made, I wrote about this. I've tweeted about this is Kobe Altman in 2018. Like, you know, even mm-hmm. before the big where he traded six of their guys on the deadline day, he also had to trade Kyrie because Kyrie wanted out. And it's like, he had to deal with that. And it's like, you know, he, he dealt in like, I feel like Joe has, he has more experience working for an NBA team, knowing how it works, especially with this specific team. And to me, I think he's going to be able to make good moves and I, I, if I were a blaze, you know, I, I, I would, I trust him. I mean, I, I would trust him because it's just like, he's been in the game for so long. He scouts, he knows the cap. He, you know, he does a lot of, he knows a lot of things. And I think uh, they have to do it, but I think if they don't make any moves, he, I think he also kind of laid, laid, laid a little bit of like, I'm going to try and make some things happen, but if Bert and Jody don't make it happen, it's not going to happen. There, I was just going to say, there was a point in there when they asked if and how empowered Joe was. And he said a couple different things. One was, hey, I've worked my ass off to get here. I'm smart. I'm capable. I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm up to date on my, my qualifications. I know he's interviewed for other jobs, other places. Like, he's been behind the scenes kind of rising up. And actually, a lot more than I thought after the last 48 hours, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who are like, yeah, no, he's been really active over the last two years, very quietly uh, looking at rising up. Because I had always heard that Joe was just like happy being in the shadows, being mm-hmm. that guy that pulled a lot of strings, did a lot of work for a lot of people, and everybody sang his praises. Typically when that happens, those people go other places. And so I found that it'll be a little bit interesting. He he kind of, you know, he I'm a, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly today. And it was, it was kind of fun because it was a... Uh, it was a confidence and not an arrogance. And we've, we've gotten arrogance yeah. for 10 years. And I when think I that, th- that's the big press conference winning, right? Hey, he's a hooper. That's the other thing we learned today. He's a real hooper. <laughs> like, I, like, like, he, like he played against Chauncey in the state championship in Colorado. And like Chauncey gave that great story. Like, yeah, I mean, that, that sounds great to me. Like, I, I like that. Like, I, like, it just sounds good. Well, I, I think, I think Neil once played a hooper in a soap opera. That's right. That's right. When, that he was, when he was playing lacrosse. Yes. That's right. That's right. When he his played jerseys lacrosse. retired back at his old college or high school for lacrosse. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but uh, he's a real hooper. Yes. He's a real hooper. My thing too with Joe is we talked about this a couple of days ago, Danny, there's only 30 of these jobs. And, and, and I thought you'd said that previous that Joe may be happy being in the shadows mm-hmm. and, you know, you saw a picture of him and Dame at the game talking. They probably have a great relationship. But, you know, as this thing goes forward, and maybe they don't know who or where they're going with this because we still haven't heard much outside of the Woj report of they haven't started interviewing anybody yet. Maybe Joe has talked to the guys. Maybe Joe has thought this over and said, shit, this could be my my one chance to mm. get this job. There's only 30 of them. 
There's only 30 of them. You might only get one shot at this. Yeah. Like we don't think Neil's going to get a GM job ever again. So <laughs> you really, sometimes you got to take advantage of those opportunities or those moments. But I, I, at least at bare minimum, if he doesn't get it, I hope that he is cool enough to hang around because when you're in an organization that long, you got a real feel, especially for guys like Dame. And I, I think he would be a very valuable asset to whoever they bring in. And I, I, I at least took that away that Joe, whether he's the GM or he goes to the background again, but maybe his voice is heard a little more. I'd like him. I'd like him to hang around with his team. And I, I liked what I heard today. And the Hooper story was awesome. The Hooper story was awesome, and he got a little bit of a laugh at everybody when he said he was he'd been waiting a long time to have this job over Chauncey. So I mean, right. he he just he was just hitting the right the right notes, and like yeah. it's it was it's and this isn't like the exclusive to what they did today. It was just the bar was so low. All you had to do was not screw up, and then they had a couple times where they like oh like this little this little anecdote. It was just it it fell right. That was the right place the right time and they've just they've gotten it wrong for so long it's just it's it blows my mind because it was never that difficult but i want to hit a couple quotes here from joe that i thought were were, were pretty telling uh, we've already kind of hit on it that, that he's been given the opportunity he says i do have a chance and they told me that a fair opportunity to prove myself but i'm not worried about that i'm trying to put the organization in a better spot that's the opening kind of salvo uh and this is what i thought was really important the way I've approached it is I get the deal to the one-yard line and then take it to Jody and Burt, and they make the final call. And that was when he was talking about his level of empowerment. And I think that's a bit of insight right now into Jody and Burt are still, as much as every owner signs off, the fact that Joe made a concerted effort to say Jody and Burt, Jody and Burt, that lets you know that even if he is fully empowered, they're still very much the final say and going to make sure that uh, financially, ticket-wise, and I thought that was kind of telling the fact that Dwayne was there today talking about with this has been a purely a, I mean, not entirely a basketball thing, but this has been mostly a basketball thing for years. Regardless of situations, people were pouring into that building until COVID. Now, not so much. Yeah, I thought, I mean, Dwayne talked about a lot of the factors going in there, and obviously, I and I think, the one thing that they weren't really saying was like the basketball team has kind of been men. People are like, I don't want to go to this anymore yeah. because they just were we like, we know what we are. And I thought that he handled that really well. And I, I thought that the, you know, it was a definitely a, a step, I think again, in, in the right direction, at least in terms of rhetoric, where it was like the old Shea McGowan era was like, we're just going to stay out of each other's way and just kind of, kind of do our thing. <laughs> and this is more like a little bit more collaborative. It, it feels like and a little bit, there's a little bit more communication going on with like with Chauncey, Dwayne and with, uh, with Joe. So I, I think uh, again, yeah, all press conferences, just it's, it, that's all it is, but it did again, feel like they're trying to do things and improve upon the things that the organization organization was not doing well. Yeah. Eric, let me ask you this, and, and Danny, I'm curious your opinion, too. Here's my only um, – okay, so Joe has a great press conference. They, I think they set the right tone today, and, hey, we're kind of getting past what that was. Here we go. Here we are. First of all, let's, let's be honest about this. It's Bert. It's not Jody and Bert. It's Bert. Okay, Jody doesn't, Jody doesn't know what's going on. Bert's going to, hey, this is what the deal is, and Jody's going to go, if you think that's a good move, sign it off. Like, that's just the reality. The second part is, 
are you guys comfortable if, if he's not the guy, if he's not the guy that's going to get this job, are we cool with him making now their biggest move that they've made in over a decade? Like that's the other part of this. That's weird to me is if he's not the guy, okay, I hope they pick the right person, but he's going to get the opportunity to, pr- to prove himself, which means he gets to trade CJ, maybe Nurkic, maybe Rocco. And if you're not the guy, that's kind of a weird position to be in. Is it not? Is that not unusual to you guys? If he's not the person that he's going to be the one making that trade. I mean, I think it's a job interview for him. Like, like this is the like but, but a, li- the- a, a live job. I, I, I'm fine with it because first of all, this is the Blazers, and we just had ten years of a dude who would not make such a move. And yeah. second of all, the biggest trade in franchise history was made by an interim general manager, in like a guy who is friends with point. Joe. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like that's I, I like like like, and again, dude, Joe, like maybe he's not the guy that they like who end up choosing long-term, but like, to me, he's equipped to make the decision. Like he knows what he's doing. He's been in the league for years. He knows the personnel. He knows what this team's situation is like. And I, you know, when he was talking about the, the team's contract situation and how they're a little bit more flexible than they have been in years past, like those are the things that I'm like, I, okay. Like I, I get where you're coming from here. And I, yeah, I trust him because I think, you know, he knows what's up. Like, and I feel like he, he's earned this chance too. like, he, he, he has earned this chance to, to, to have this power. And I think he can do it. I want to backpack off of that. And that's kind of where I was going to go with this. Where is the only possible place that you could go where you could both get a fresh set of eyes, a fresh perspective and have somebody that knows every single thing about this team. Yeah. Joe Cronin's the only one. Yeah. And so you may have somebody in-house who looked at Neil and said, okay, I disagree, but we're, I'm, you're the boss. I'm going to follow your lead and be a good soldier. And now he's going to go, yeet, and throw all of that stuff completely out the window and go, this is my show. I've been empowered. Here's what I would do. I'm going to execute my vision with the time that I have based on my 14 years here. Because remember, he has been here longer than Neil. He survived an epic meltdown post-KP into Cho, into Neil. Like, there there was a lot (laughs) that was wrong in the organization. And he survived all of it. So I think if you can look at it and go, okay, like if – would you want to bring in somebody who's really well-experienced and, and when well-versed in every single phone call and on a great first-name basis with every GM and agent in the league? Sure. But here's the tipper. Neil wasn't either. I, I mean, I can't, I can't count how many times I've went to NBA events and somebody was like, hey, he's still there, huh? Like, <laughs> like, like there's so many people in the league who are just like, I can't believe he still got a job. Like, yeah. I don't, there been... There's a lot of people that used to work for him that were like, <laughs> I hate this dude. Like, 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 it just is. Like, like that's just how it is. Like, it, and it, so, like, yeah, I mean, it, it yeah, it, it's, it's so much. It's so refreshing to me to what we what we what we're going through right now. Yeah, my my only like tiny thing that that brought it back to me today to listen to Joe was 
we could make this move before like the summer got underway and let that guy. Yeah, I know. I know. Do do the one thing we all wanted to do. Well, and while CJ's wife is like before she's about to have his baby, but have the baby, like, are are you like, come on, guys, like, like it just it does feel shitty, but it's like it also feels like it's gonna happen. Like I don't, you know, I don't know what. I mean, who knows though? Like I feel like. Nurk, Roko, everybody's going to be, you know, on the table and CJ as well. I think, you know, everybody but Dane pretty much. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're, we've reached that point of like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, I had a exercise here um, from a fan of the show. Shout out, shout out to the homie, uh, Varun. He, uh, he asked me to yes. rank the roster, um, and for whatever reason, it's not my little lower third. It's not showing up for some reason. It's being very dumb. Um, let's try that. No, no. Let's try that one. Hey, there we go. And he said to, and this I think is going to play off of, of what Joe's going to have to deal with over the next couple of weeks. Rank the roster based on who you're most willing to part with. Let me let me actually read the actual question so I, I get it all framed right. Uh, he said, I think especially as the trade rumors ramp up, it'd be interesting for you guys to rank the roster in terms of assets and who at this point you're most willing to part with and least willing to part with in a vacuum. I'll, I'll get us started here first. If I gave you. Roko and Cub first or CJ first? Which which of those two are you taking most likely to be moved first? I mean Roko and Nurk. I'm sorry, I said Roko and Cub. Roko and Nurk. Yeah. Um I'm probably gonna move CJ just out of the asset part of that. I think he's the 
better asset overall. Like he's the better player. And I, I don't, I don't, I just don't know what the true value of a, of a Rocco or even what a Nurk would be on that market. And we may not get exactly what you want back for CJ, but I know he's the better player of those three. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's like of like the guys I'd want to trade. He's not on top of the list, but like they have to trade him. Is who's who's your who's your one to trade top? Oh, Ro- Ro- I mean, I mean Covington, obviously. <laughs> like it's like it's like I mean, like I want to trade Covington. He's just not very good. Like like he just doesn't really help them where they need help and. uh I, you know, he, he's been better, like, inside the three-point line this year, but, like, eh, it still isn't really doing much for me. And and so, I yeah, I'd love to trade Covington. Uh, definitely love to trade. I, I think he'd probably be at the top of my list. And then I think Nurk as well. Like, I do think Nurk has some value if he's on a team with other good defenders, with, with good defenders around. Not being tasked he, with doing all of the work all of the time. Yeah, when he doesn't have to do everything for and cover everyone, I think he would be in a much better position. I think, you know, he, he will have some suitors there. I, I, I definitely think. I mean, one team I think that I, I had a fake trade over the summer where I sent him to the Lakers, and I still think that that would be a trade that I don't know how he'd get there necessarily, but and who Portland would get back and how that would work. But you know, there could be a construction. I think it was a four-team trade that I did where it ended up getting the Blazers, Miles Turner. And Ben Simmons, but like, you know, the Lakers, you know, Anthony Davis hates playing center. Dwight and DeAndre Jordan are bad. Yeah. Like, Yusuf Durkic can only play center. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and so, like, and I think that would be good for them. Like, and also to upgrade their basketball IQ. Like, he's a good passer. Like, like, and, and, and so that's just like one place that comes to mind for Nurk. Uh, But so, yeah. And then after that, I mean, in terms of, guys i'd be willing to get get rid of i mean i you know you put uh zeller uh you know but i i don't know what fucking excuse me like what value he's gonna have you know what i mean like yeah. at that at this point we're talking about like guys that i don't really think are moving the needle for anybody well i i think let me add to this real quick danny um I think this team is in such dire straits. And if, you, if you're if you really going to go in on the Dame extension and, hey, we're going to ride this Dame thing out until the wheels fall off, which I think most of the city would just say, give us that. Because if you trade Dame, you, you're not guaranteeing me you're getting anything better, that you're going to become this different team. At least let us ride this out with our favorite player and maybe the franchise's best player of all time. I think we're – what they've put themselves in is a very uncomfortable position and you're not going to like this, but I, I do think Ant needs to be near the top of things to consider. Now he's, I didn't he's, the, most, he's I didn't, the most valuable. I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't want to I, say I know, it. That, that's what it is. Danny, that's really what it is. It doesn't diminish how like, good like, he's been. It's just, that's, that's the don't get value. it twisted. It's my guy. Yeah. And what, what have I said? If they're, if they are forced to do this, what have I said? Do not send him wherever you send CJ McCollum. So he's buried behind him. And send him to a good organization. And I think you need to keep the six five athletic wing guy. I think you need to keep players like that around Dane. I mean, that's he, he's struggled to have a lot of those guys who are truly, yeah. you know, really, really good. And, and you saw flashes of what Nas can do last night. I mean, I think he's a guy though that like other teams are gonna look at other too. teams are gonna want too. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's like like I mean, honestly, like if you're Portland and you're like they're like, well, well, we want Nasir and CJ for Ben Simmons. I feel like you kind of have to do that if you're the Blazers. I, I do too, because when you're talking about top flight talent, 
like that that's like one that you have to do like i, I was listening to the low post and they were like doing like a mock discussion mm. they were like and he brought up Nasir little and he's like we have a problem here and i was like I don't know if we have a problem there. Like, like, <laughs> like, 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 yeah, he would help their deal. Like, I think, I think if you're Philly, you got to ask for Nasir Little. But if you're Portland, like, I mean, it would suck. But like, if you're getting Ben Simmons, you got to do that. Like, like, you yeah. just do. Here's yeah, the. Yeah. Oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, you're win now. Like, yes, the young yeah. guys are great, but they might take two more years before they really pop. Dame, I don't think Dame has that kind of time. You got to win now. And ben Simmons is what twenty five. Yeah, I think he's turning twenty five. I think he's. I think he might be twenty four. I think he turns twenty five. I think this. Oh yeah, no, he's a kid. God, it's insane. Uh, yeah, he's a kid. It's insane. Um, <laughs> so when I look at this, then this is what pisses me off. And you, you and I, Eric, we have talked about this for literal what seven, eight years since CJ first came in the lineup. I was like, eh, not a fan of this. <laughs> but when I look at it. Even if you throw all that stuff aside, what Neil didn't do with draft picks is why they're in the position they are now. Mm-hmm. 2017, hey. you got you get nothing for Zach Collins. He leaves your team for nothing. LaMarcus Aldridge leaves your team for nothing. You send two first-round picks for Robert Covington, which I'm not mad about. I, I It was a swing move. I Again, I wanted Aaron Gordon, but whatever. Okay, you, you, took, you stepped up for once in your bleeping life and took a swing. Thanks. I mean, the decision to not pay Batum and instead give that money to Alan Crabb and Evan Turner, like... Good God. Can yeah. you imagine, like, you, sure, you overpay for Nick, but you would have You're had overpaying. a remotely competent player. How's Alan doing in the NBA right now? He hasn't been in the league for four years. And oh. Evan, and, and Evan, too? Evan has been in the league for Evan retires. Years. That's right. Oh, that's right. Goddamn that's coach right. now. You know, and, let me, on the Groco thing, I, I do push back just a little. I... That's not a swing to me. Like that's a bun attempt, and no, that's not a home run swing. That's 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 a that's a pull. That's a pull into right field. Come on, now. that was a Neil home run swing. Like that's basically what his home run swings were. It's like, hey, yeah. we got Rocco now. It's like, is that going to change what your real problems are? Yeah. So when we're when we're ranking this, is there anybody outside of Dame, CJ, Nas, Ant, Cov, Nurk? Norm obviously is in there, but do either of you believe that Norm is on the way out? Because the way it was told to me was Norm was gone. That he was gone, uh, gone, and that Chauncey basically convinced him to come back. I mean, if – I mean, Norm has looked good at the two. I mean, but again – He's if, looked if, really good at that spot. Listen, and listen, I haven't I – don't, I don't know this to be true, and I don't believe it really, but if like – if I know that there's some Philly fans that prefer Norm over CJ, and it's like, well, if that's the case, then go ahead. Like, like I, like I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be mad at that. Like, like, like if that's the case, I wouldn't be mad at that. I, but, I, I'll go ahead. Sorry, Eric. No, but I just don't. I just don't. I don't. I, I, in my right mind, I can't believe that. Like, I, I can't actually believe that Daryl Morey would do that. That he'd really prefer Norm over CJ. I still think they need pl- uh, passing and shot creation more than they need Norm's play finishing. Like they've got, like it's all they have is play finishers, really. Mm-hmm. Like don't get me wrong, CJ's not the best creator, but he's still. When I look at Philly's roster, taking Ben Simmons off it, I'm like, is he a better creator than Seth Curry? Yeah. Is he a better creator than Tyrese Maxey? Yeah. Is he a better creator than Toby? Yeah. Danny Green, of course. Like, 
Cork Moss is out there trying to lead a, a second unit, and it is an yeah, like epic disaster. It's yeah, like, what's it's, happening? It's so I bad. I was literally going to say, I'm, I, I'm, I'm watching the Utah Philly mm-hmm. game, and I, I'm thinking before we jumped on the pod, I'm like, I bet they love having Cork Moss try to facilitate that offense right now. Who would want <laughs> CJ McCollum doing that, right? Like, I love Maxi, but Maxi, when he turns a corner, it's it's pull up or get two feet in the paint and go to a floater. Like that, once he turns that corner, it's never going anywhere else but up. I think also you're missing. You lose, oh, go sorry. ahead. No, also if you lose a little shot creation, and I, you know, they don't want to pay, they don't want to pay him later. Like, you know, give me a little Shake Milton rental. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, you know, I would take that too. If you need a little extra oomph off the bench, if you're Portland, they need to get rid of a guard. Like, I feel like that could. You be, can slot him in and be like, that's a capable rotation player. Like, that's, I think that, you're. I, I think you're missing out too on one more player. Who? I think Larry would have some value oh, in the market. Oh, of course. Unquestionable value, but I think you're trying to move literally anything else but Dame and the kids before you get to Larry. Because Larry, because of how he plays, we talked about this the other night. Shooting is no longer the market inefficiency. It's playmaking. Being able to create for others and seamlessly fit into a team without being that guy needing to touch the ball that much that's about as rare as it gets in the nba is there, is there anybody else out there you're just like yeah no 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 that, that's 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 a ready available commodity you can go pick up off the free agent market <laughs> not top of my head no no, no I mean, it's hard those guys aren't out there like that's the only reason the blazers got nancy's is nancy's like i want to get out of cleveland because things aren't going well he chose the wrong team though i mean <laughs> These things happen. Well, he also got like I mean, they also had plans to like not play him as yeah. much because Mobley's like, going to eat up minutes. Ja yeah. is going to eat up minutes, and and, and I mean, and, and they made in promises their, to Lowry. And, yeah, well, in, in there and in defense of there, like Lowry fits better. Lowry marketing fits better with their group because he's just like a shooter. Yeah, and, like like in Nance, like Nance can shoot it, but like he's. I think he's more better he's a connector. served. He's not a finisher. He's better served sometimes also when he gets the rebound, pushing the ball mm-hmm. up the break and setting the offense up from there. And he's just not going to be able to do that. And, you know, they brought in Rubio too. They already had all those guards. Like, you know, I, I, I think he, he's in a position here where he gets to be more influential in the team's success. Mm-hmm. All right. That's kind of the, the, the roster stuff is kind of where, where we see it right now. Uh, I want to get, to the, the stuff that actually started the week, and that's Damian Lillard. We talked about this last night's break. Uh, it's a lot. Quarter zone callouts and commitments. Got a quarter zone shot. Sounds like he's going to be ready to go Sunday. Shout out quarter zone shots. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the callouts, um, tackling that Woj piece and, and taking on uh, Wells P's tweet, uh, calling out Neil by name, and then Nate Jones, uh, not calling out Neil by name, but uh, throwing the snake emojis in. It's messy, guys. It's as much as this summer with Dame was messy. I think right now is messier. Oh, why? Why do you think that? Because here's my here's my rebuttal to that. The the piece was, you know, I I don't want to be too like insulting. I thought it was kind of gross. It felt like a scorned lover reaching out to trash the ex, and I I just don't like that, especially for a dude. I mean, you that that idiot was gift wrapped a franchise top 75 all NBA player who wanted nothing but to be loyal and to win a championship for a city that's been deprived of one for 50 years. And this stupid mother came in, did nothing, made no big swinging moves. 
And then on his way out, after being fired for being an asshole in the workplace, decided to say, it's his fault. He wants a monster extension. And that's why I couldn't do anything for 10 years. Like, that's, that is, that is really. <laughs> An extension that he can't sign yet. That he can't offer can't until even, next can't year. can't even be offered. Like, that's the thing that's insane to me is, like, we're supposed to believe that Dame is angry about not getting an extension that he can't even sign yet or even be offered. It's, it was, and to your point, Sprague, it, it was very gross. And, it, you know, you know it was nasty. My immediate reaction was, you know it was nasty because they put it on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they put it on with the UFC fights where all the blood and the nasty shit's happening. Yeah, four ninety nine. Read about how Dame's a piece of shit from Neil Olshay. It's like <laughs> uh, I'd rather not do that. But but what I was gonna say, I'll just end it with this. What it pissed me off that he did it, but I disagree with your assessment. It, it's not dirty anymore. It's done. That dude mm-hmm. is gone. Like Dame yeah. is recommitted on TV. They've got Joe in the back, who everybody likes. Like. Maybe this that's is, where it, like when we started the pod talking about like things getting better. Maybe that's the difference. I think that that forty eight hours was really messy. Mm-hmm. It was really because you know, Hoss here in the chat says I lost all respect for Woj. He was definitely carrying some water, and I don't know if it was for Neil or for for Warren Legary. But um, when I look at that, I don't necessarily not lose all respect for Woj because here's the thing. We all have done this for a while now. We know that these are the kind of things that always... This, there was nothing different about this situation than any other superstar angling for an extension. Nothing. This happens when you are a superstar of that ilk. This is what you do. You press forward. This is how John Wall got his contract. How Russell Westbrook got his contract. How Chris Paul got his contract. All of these guys did this through angling through their star power. This happens all the time. But what you didn't hear about it was until it was done. You're going to leverage, you're going to do whatever you can because that's what you should do. But the way it was written was Dame's greedy. He's holding things back. He's selfish. He wants nobody else to have anything else. And he wants he, he wants himself to have everything, which is objectively hilarious because Dame has in the background campaigned for literally all of his teammates to get paid over the years. Bro, Woj <laughs> went up the hill for Neil to fetch a pill of water. Like, it was basically what it was. It was it was really bad. Um, overall, I I had a discussion, Eric. I want to get your thoughts on this real quick. I have kicked around the idea of tanking for a while, but not for the last couple years because of just the situation they're in. They're in Damian Lloyd's prime years. You can't waste these. We're watching the Golden State Warriors, who basically wasted two years of Steph Curry's prime. Curry's a little bit of a different beast, and they they have the pieces around him in order to do that. But I had somebody text me today and say, hey, what if Dame had the surgery right now and they made the moves and shut it down for the year? Wow. I mean, I think he's he knows his body better than we do, and if he needs to shut it down, he will. But, like, that's not the worst ending to the season is him – taking care of his abdomen issue and because he needed the surgery for four years. Yeah. And, and and so uh, I don't think it's the worst way, especially if they make the moves that he wants to see them make. Uh, I, I don't, but I, yeah, he's still going to, I think obviously he's going to play on Sunday. He's still going to play some games here. Uh, But I think if they make moves, if, if, the season, you know, looks lost and it, you know, it would be better for him to just get his surgery and get it taken care of. Then 
you know, I, I, it would not be the worst thing in the world, especially if, you know, the rest of the team has an opportunity to kind of, uh, excuse me, to, to kind of grow and gel without him. But the problem with that is like, then you're gonna have to reintegrate Dame, which, you know, he's a great player and is going to be very flexible, but that's not easy either. So like, I, I mean, it sounds like an ideal scenario, but I don't really think there is one. Yeah, no, I, I, it, I'm with you there. It doesn't feel ideal. Whoever you talk to, I'm glad they listened to what I had to say on the podcast a couple of days ago because I'm openly talking about this. I think what they do is this is interesting. If, if he comes back, you know, we'll see what he is, and you know, maybe it's what it what what he was before he sat out. I'm curious to see where they're going to be by the All Star break. And if they're hovering right where they are, if not worse, I think they need to shut it down before that. At they, that point, not, I think you yeah. shut it down. Cause correct me if I'm wrong. If you keep that asset, because right, it's a lot, it's top 14 protected. You can still trade it again. Right. Mm, I don't think you can. They'd have to get to draft night before they could. Yeah. Okay. I think if they, I think they have to make the selection. Yes. They have to. And get, then if, okay. Yeah. And then once they make the selection, then, then they, they can, can kick the that can. Yes. Yeah. Then, they, but they can't trade the pick as it is now they have to re- okay. they have to remove protections in order to to make any other deals with picks right now so there's suddenly if you're to that point and that's what i'm saying have to think about it. there's another asset for you you might have mm-hmm. to do it earlier and that's why i was like if you're because there are if you're talking about trying to get a pick that matters a top five pick there are four teams that are complete dog shit just absolutely atrocious and you will not out tank them and so I mean, with the with the odds, though, man, like you could stumble the, into it. The, the, yeah. You could, you could, It's way it's way more likely that you'll yep. you'll spring into the top four than it's ever been as a team that you know doesn't isn't the worst team in the league. Like yes, even if they hang around, like the like I mean, let's say in theory, right? Like best case scenario here, they get Ben Simmons, and and it, even if Dame sits out, a team with Ben Simmons isn't going to be bad enough to not no. make the play in. So like you're thinking like like so but if you don't make the play, if you don't make the playoffs like you can you can get your draft pick back if you're not in that top eight so even if they're a top ten team they can still get their draft pick back and that's the thing is like if you do it sooner let's say they make let's say they make a move for Ben let's say they they find a way to do it and they keep either Ant or Nas and. You're like, okay. And then you you make the right moves around some pieces with Cove and Nurk, and you get a floor spacer to put a long band and another rotation level wing. Okay. Let's just, or a rotation level big. Let, let's say that they do the, the Kevin Pelton trade for Covington where you get Bagley in a first, right? What, what, whatever mm-hmm. that is, whether you like it, love it, I don't care. I'm just saying, as, as we fill out the roster here. So you're, you're running a lineup of, if, you know, Dame's out, Dennis Smith Jr., Anthony Simons. Ben at the three, Nance at the four, and then let's say you make a move for Bamba at the five. Again, had to be your guy. I'm, had I'm, to be his well, guy. I'm, I'm, be listen, Bamba. you want it to be Miles Turner? Fine. I'm sh- I'm, I'm aiming well, lower. Whoever it is, the new the new Myers Leonard. Listen, man, I, I, I like me some Bamba. <laughs> I like me some Bamba. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but again, you're not a great team. You're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. But, but the West, the benefit is the West sucks. I don't think it's. Yeah. I don't think it sucks. Yes, it does. But I think it's very easy to fall underneath that the the cream very very easily. And let's the be West honest, and the East there's are two, starting to shift. There's two teams in the in the West. There's Golden State and there's Phoenix. See, Everybody think, else, don't tell Danny that. Everybody else is like meh. I think Utah's in there. 
Yeah, I get. I mean, yeah, they 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 they'll be third, but like they're a distant third to me. And then like after that, it's like really really mid. Everybody's asking me where did Norm go. I'm sorry, Norm Norm's still in there. So Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. Norm answer sixth man because um, we had talked about maybe moving Norm off. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a situation where it's like it's suboptimal, but I think in the long run. You look at this draft class. Let's let's say the 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 miracle happens. Let's say they finish with the seventh or eighth worst record in the NBA, and like two thousand seven, the ping pong balls come up their number, and all of a sudden you've got Paulo Banchero on your lap. I'm sorry. It's just like I can't even imagine this. Like, but but just again, imagine the stupidity that would ensue. Do you do you keep him? Or do you trade him on draft night for a dude? The uh, dude. I think you have if you're going the Dame route, you have to. You have mm-hmm. to trade him. That, that's that's what that I'm time. saying. Now playing the role of Andrew Wiggins. Paolo <laughs> <laughs> Banchero. But you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> no, yeah. That's what yeah, that's what the calculus is gonna have to be. It's like you're gonna have to trade him for for a guy. And probably. I, Come shit, draft what if night, he's there the would guy? Be, well, I mean, he, I mean, he could, I mean, be, he could I mean, be, but that's that's, that's the, the calculus if, yeah. that you're that you're kind of taking. But I, I don't say this like like that's the route. I'm saying if that's the route you go, that's the hope. And, and maybe maybe it's not Manchero. Maybe it's Chet. Maybe like you just go down the list. It's a real asset on a rookie controlled deal that every single team in the league is going to go. What you got? You know. And you can you can do real stuff with it. Well, yeah, and 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 you got also you know Paolo has the the Northwest ties as well that 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 make it you know a little a little more intriguing. Is he a Seattle kid? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know where he was from. And then you got Chet at, at Gonzaga, so you got North. And I don't want Chet. I, I'm just saying. Yeah, Chet's from Wisconsin, isn't he? Yeah, but he's a seven foot white guy from Gonzaga. Right. Uh, yeah. We already talked about this, Eric. We just uh, Danny's not a believer in the American-born white player as uh, nothing more than a shooter or role guy. Mm, but mm. she's not really wrong. We kind of went through the list. <laughs> you, you, and, hated, uh, you hated admitting that I was right. <laughs> well, you did leave out Tyler Hansborough. Like, he had a pretty substantial impact in this league for a while. Yeah, no love for Tyler Hero. Like, no, he's no. Got some, he's got I said that, was the one. that was the one. That was the okay, one. I was, was, was going to say, he's got some handles and stuff. Like, like, yeah. like the rest of it is just is just movement shooters. That's yeah, I'm all it th- is. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other American-born whites that yeah, are that are not uh, spot-up shooters. Yeah, and it's, it's good luck. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's hard. Oh, I, I feel like Grayson Allen has more bounce than he gets credit for. Yeah, That's and he's fair. actually shooting the piss out of the ball for. Yeah, he's playing really well for Milwaukee. I mean, he's a di- he's a dick. I mean, we all hate him, but he's he can who like like he like. like <laughs> all right, Indiana's having a fire sale. We're gonna get out of here on this. Everybody keeps talking about it. Even you, Sprague, keep saying get baby Savage to Portland. I am I am dropping my gavel and saying no. As fun as it would be, as all the vibes and the father son connection and bringing a giant jug headed Lithuanian to Portland. That is not the fit. It is not, Ooh, it is. How dare us have fun and set the vibes to good vibes. How dare us with this garbage ass situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I, I agree that, that Turner is like a better fit, you know, basketball wise, but like also like vibes be great. Sabonis, <laughs> Sabonis, dude, are you kidding me? Like, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, he like, showed up with a custom too. He showed up with a custom. Uh, was it, he had the custom J's or the custom air force. Ones oh yeah. That's right. Yes. Yes. That's right. 
Yes, dude, and he can he can do some some creation, and you, you talk about the playmaking being a oh the offensive offensively it would be beautiful. I, it's I the also other end of the floor. I just don't. I, I just think the way that like I know that Turner is the rim protector, but I feel like with the way Chauncey wants to play, I don't feel like Sabonis would be that bad. In, you better like, have some real wings. Yeah, that's the which, point. That's but the like, point. if you can get some other wings, like then yep. you better have happen. some real dudes. Is all I'm saying. But if you don't, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And as yeah. the Blazers are currently construction, if you just put Miles Turner on the Blazers, like if you just took Nurkic off and put Miles Turner in, Boop. it would be a better fit. Yeah. But if if they're gonna, you know, if they're gonna trade CJ, if they're gonna trade everybody, like I could see a Sabas and Dame pairing working if they can, you know, if if they're if they change some of the rest of the roster. Well, let, let me just real quick on this note, because I'm with you. Like, I'm not going to argue your point about Turner being a better fit. I'm just, I'm going with Caitlin said on, in terms of the better player. I'm tired yeah. of this team not taking the better player and instead saying, we got to go the better fit. The better fit has led you to this exact spot for the last 10 years. And you could probably argue it's led you for the last 40. But they, but had, a, they said, had a bad fit though. That was the point. Yeah, they've had a lot of bad fits, right? But that's the so, thing is, like, Turner's not a – I don't think he's a bad fit. Sure, but that's also, fine. I think someone – I think it was Jared Wade had a great tweet today about uh, – he's a former – he's a Pacers blogger. Yeah. And he and – he, it's like at the same time that Miles Turner is complaining about the way that they see him, it's like, bro, you have started for seven years and you this is the league, dude. Like, you got to go take it. Like, yeah. yeah, you got to go be that dude. And that's it's my like, concern. Thank and it's you. like, and, and, and it's like, if you're, if you need everyone to get out of your way to be that dude, like that's maybe right. you're not like, cause Sabonis wasn't that dude coming into the league. He was not highly touted as far as what he was going to do. Was in the a def- he was touted as a defensive player coming into screen the, setter. Into, yeah, yeah. Like, like a, a rim finisher. Yeah, yeah. Like a solid defender, good rebounder. Like he Cody has Zeller, developed, basically. he's developed a playmaking, you know, stuff as he's grown in yeah. the league, but he, he didn't do any of that when he was younger. And I feel like, I feel like that guy is still in there somewhere. Like the guy that plays good defense. And I think part of the reason maybe he, you know, he had to be the best offensive player on their team. Like if he's with Damian Lillard, he doesn't have to do that anymore. Well, and I think to your point, Eric, this is, this is my other point on wanting Sabas over Turner. Turner to me is a little too this. And mm-hmm. I know Sabas has not been spectacular, but I also think there's a bit of a Dame CJ situation over there, but with bigs, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sabas might be uncomfortable trying to fit alongside miles Turner. So if you like what he's doing offensively and your worries defense, if, if you're really swinging for the moon here with Dame, who's to say you couldn't offer Nurk Rocco two expirings and maybe something else, get Sabas and use CJ and draft capital and go get Ben? Because you'd probably feel a lot better defensively if you had Ben alongside that, right? I would, but again, that's where my hesitation is. If you're going for a Ben Simmons or hell, if you're going for like a Gordon Hayward, the next step down from Ben as a, as a wing creator, you want guys out of the middle of the floor and Sabonis is he is he pitches a tent in the middle of the floor that's what he does he he operates at the elbows and at the mid post and pinch post he's very very good there but he's a meh role guy he is a terrible three-point shooter and his footwork on the other end is clunky and heavy and so I think it kind of boxes you in into some of the same issues that Philadelphia was facing with with Joel and, and Ben. 
because Joel wants to be in the middle of the floor. And as as much as they made it work, if you've got a big who's okay drifting or can work as a uh, a high, you know, uh, a rim running high vertical threat, like Sabonis isn't that. That's the other I mean, thing. It's like I Miles mean, I, can be. I mean, I agree that if there's a hypothetical where you can get Turner and Simmons, that's the best fit. That's the fit, right? And that's where I kind of lean that way because it doesn't lock you in. But let's say you can't get Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Then go for the talent. Then you go with Sabonis. Yeah. I feel like he's the, I feel like that's the calculus that I'm having. It's like if you can get Turner and Simmons, get them both. But if you can't get both, then I think you go with Sabonis. And I, I think the other thing that we, we we sometimes gloss over this just a little. I think Nurkic could be used as the example. Sometimes a change of scene, a change of scenery does a lot for guys, mm-hmm. and and you cannot you can't put it almost into words what it would mean to see him rocking his dad's number because that would be dope as hell. Running well, out of that tunnel. That <laughs> well, running out of that tunnel. You talk about pitching a ten in the middle. I'd be pitching a ten in my pants <laughs> if I could see that. Like. <laughs> And that's where I'm at. I want to pitch a tent in my pants and I want to see Dame happy. And I want to see this team make moves that could possibly get them out of where they're at right now. They're in a rut. Also, personally, I would also love for it to end the narrative that Dame has never played with an all-star. Ah, that's that's true. Cause good point. He did have LaMarcus, but that was well, but post the LaMarcus era. uh, Yeah, I, I, I get it. But like the best player Damian Lillard has ever played with is LaMarcus Aldridge. And I'm a LaMarcus guy. Love him. Love him. Should be a Hall of Famer. But the talent gap for seven years has been so substantial. It, when you put it in that vein, then yes. If if the option is Miles Turner is just not on the table, then give me more talent. And I, I think Sabonis is more talented and he's easier to deal with. But I, I think it's a bit of a wonky fit. But again, like it'd be fun. Like yeah. if you're gonna keep Dame and it's it's and they're not gonna be the team, put more talent around him than it's ever been, and then throw the dice and where they land is where hey, they land. If I, we get two different two different eras of Dame and Sabonis in our lives, that's awesome. I'm all for it. Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm 100 for it. Um, we'll kind of we'll kind of wrap this thing up right here because we've been uh, we're about an hour right now. So and uh, Gundy's fading. And it's almost Sprague's bedtime, so. I'm starving right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm very hungry at this point. <laughs> Just hang I kind of look like 20 minutes ago of like, are we done? I'm starving. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm feeling that. Eric's right probably got some bomb-ass Mexican food. Because every time he throws something up on, on on IG or Twitter, I'm like, God, where the hell did he get that from? I made some, I made some Thai food last night that I'm going to reheat. There you go. What what did what, you, you make? Uh, pad gras pao. It's like basil chicken. Yes, no, I know exactly Ooh. what it is. That's that's what I get. It's either that or drunken noodles that I get from the spot down the street here Ooh. in, in uh, Sherwood. So, uh, Eric, oh, yeah. let everybody know where they, where they can find you, your work, and all the stuff that you've got going on. Oh yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Blazer Banter, and you can find my newsletter BlazerBanter.substack.com. You can also find my tweets about other things that are not the Blazers at Eric E R I K underscore Gunderson. So if you want to follow my tweets about the Ducks coaching search and whatnot like you can follow me over there and yeah and uh yeah that's where you can follow me so yeah thank you and thanks guys for having me uh, it was it was fun i uh it was fun and i, I have noticed that uh, some chip kelly stuff started appearing uh as we've been doing this and uh eric you really <laughs> want me- that i mean if it's between him and justin wilcox like, <laughs> yes hey would you rather be on the lane train or relive the kelly stuff 
Man, that's a tough call, man. No, it's not. No, you, listen, train. if you want the vibes, you want Lane, Bubby. You want Lane, Come on bro. now. You want, I mean, the co-eds, you want the co-eds to be vigilant, and you want the football team to be good on that field. Okay, all right. Well, I, you know, I'm fine with Lane or Chip. I really don't care. Those are my top two choices at this point. Uh, I would totally be fine with Chip. He's He doesn't really like recruiting, but also I think recruiting's kind of fake. So, like, I'm with it. That sounds like a fan of a team who uh, went to a school that doesn't recruit all that well. That's all I'm going to say. Is, uh, it sounds hey, like a guy I, who's well, really... I mean, when, I mean, when I went there, we went to the Natty. So, like, I, you know. That's weird because when I went to mine, we went to oh, one and go. won it. <laughs> when I went to Oregon State, we won three games, bitch. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> real shit right there that is some real God. shit man. you can't hurt me with that oregon state <laughs> comment man i'm that, dead inside that is straight up out the mud type stuff all right uh, we'll get it we'll get out of here on that uh we will have you guys covered for uh actually we won't sunday we, we is the game we will not have a pre and post game show because i will be on a bleeping plane so um we will. I've got a few things planned to get us through the week. Brandon and I will probably do one, maybe two live shows while I'm in Hawaii. Uh, like I said, I've got some content planned in the meanwhile. When we get when I get back from Hawaii, we will do the live watch parties again. We will have them. I think every game throughout the rest of December. I think is what we have planned. So um, I think we'll have one full game in there to uh, to do it. Maybe we're gonna be able to get you on one of those. They're, they're, they're yeah. fun. No, it's a, that sounds fun. Sounds like a good time. I'll yeah, the, we on. did the game cast for the uh, the Warriors game in the second third quarter. It was it was dope. It dude. was pretty damn fun. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, nice. We had about 75 people in the room, so um, it went really well. So uh, we'll get out of here on that. Thank you all so very much. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the channel. We crossed 2,200 subs uh, in the in the post game show the other night, and like I said, we crossed a couple of huge huge lines on the podcast side already. So thank you all so very much. We appreciate you. Y'all take care. Have a good night. Talk soon, and we'll catch you on Monday morning. We'll have the uh, the uh, mailbag pot. So get your questions in for that at Danny Barring, at Brandon Sprague, at Blazer Banter, at Jack Ramsey. That's all the social media handles. Till then, take care. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.